Do you ever feel inadequate? Like a fraud? Like no matter what you do, it's just not enough? Like you're always on the verge of being found out? You may be wrestling with imposter syndrome, an excessive and unsubstantiated feeling of self-doubt coupled with an extreme lack of confidence. I'm your host, Betty Danowitz. Tune in as I interview highly successful individuals about their experience with this psychological phenomenon. In this If You Ask Betty podcast series, I have questions about imposter syndrome. Today's special guest is Gabe Garoni, Vice President of Sales at Ally Financial. Hi, Gabe. Hey, Betty. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. So, Gabe, tell us about you. Uh, I don't think we have enough time for that, but uh, I'll, I'll keep it high level for you. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Um, I'm a, I'm a working professional, I guess is the best way to put it. I'm a student. Uh, what else? I'm a, I'm an amateur at a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, yeah. all kinds of hobbies that I, I bounce around back and forth. But that's, that's me in a nutshell. Nothing particularly unique. Nothing special. Nothing special. <laughs> Nothing special. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us about some of your biggest accomplishments in life and in work. Well, um, based on the nature of this conversation, I, I don't know that I can personally give you that answer. I can tell you that what people might say are my okay. biggest accomplishments. That's fine. That was um, going to be my next question anyway, so we can do that. <laughs> I, I think people would say, you know, professionally, I, I've had a really, um, a really great career. You know, I, I you know, if, if you measure things that way, I'd say that I've uh, done a pretty good job of, of climbing the corporate ladder and having kind of a, a career that is always moving forward and getting promotions and getting more responsibilities. Uh, that's been successful. Um, you're, uh, you're, the, you're, the, you're the head of a department, right? I am. I'm the head of technically, I guess, two departments. But two departments. Uh, that's kind. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. You like report to the president and stuff. I do. I yeah, do. I but you okay? Just all right. Just want to make sure people know what we're talking about. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess you know, we'll, we'll just we'll just uh, clarify. I'm the senior vice president of sales. There we go. Uh, okay. Ally good. Insurance for okay, North good. America. That's U.S. and and Canada. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. It's a big job. Uh, okay. I, I guess it's a big deal. Um, academically, I, I, I suppose I, I've got some uh, accomplishments there. I'm actually wrapping up my MBA right now while also juggling all the things I already mentioned, being a being a dad, being a husband and being a boss. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. got, you know, and, and I'm sure there's a, a few others kind of mixed in between. But um, uh, I guess my answer would be I don't know that I've accomplished anything just yet. And that I'm, I'm still waiting to have my greatest accomplishments. Mm-hmm. So you're the SVP of sales for all of North America and yeah. you're getting your MBA and mm-hmm. you have a wonderful family. So that's great. Do. So do, you are kind of a big, big into fitness and weights and all of that stuff, right? Like that's a thing. I try. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I try. I'd say that that fitness is definitely my passion. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's something I, I share with my wife. Uh, we share with our children. Uh, we like to be very active, um, but being fit and feeling good physically is, is really, really important to us. Uh, I think it helps kind of keep everything else glued together. 
Sure, sure. Have you ever been featured by, you know, any specific highfalutin fitness guys? Like, have you ever been on anybody's website or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, oh, okay. Actually. Okay. okay. Tell I, us about I that. mean, I don't know if you want me to name names, but yeah, I, I've I've uh, I've had some successful, you know, body transformations. Um, you know, and I've. I've approached fitness in a variety of different ways. I've, I've gone from weightlifting to uh, cycling and, and triathlons. I, for some reason, started playing indoor soc- soccer a, a few months ago as an adult. Oh. So I never even played as a kid. Just thought, nah, why not? I don't mm-hmm. know. I, <clears throat> um, yes, yes, I've been, I've been featured on highfalutin websites. Yeah. Like Jim Stepani. <laughs> like and... Jim Stepani. I'm a big fan yeah. of Jim's work. And uh, yeah. He's a pretty cool dude. We should get him on the podcast. We should. Um, I'd love to okay. talk to him. I would too. That'd be great. Of course, I don't know that we would talk about anything other than his tattoos. So it's, I'm sure we could talk <laughs> about that for an hour. Um, yeah. Okay. So then what would, so, so what would others say about you? You started to sort of say this, but like, is there anything that others would say about you as far as your accomplishments, the things that you have really done well in your life? I don't know exactly what others would say. I, I will tell you the questions I get a lot from people is how do I juggle everything? Like, you know, how do I have balance in my life? How am I able to achieve um, across a wide spectrum, right? Because I am pretty open about all the things I'm interested in and, and, and things that I'm, I'm pursuing. It's I'm not just focused on work. I'm not just focused on being a family uh, you know, family man. I'm not just focused on on one or two things. So I, I definitely get that question a lot, which is, yeah. <clears throat> you know, how to how to be balanced and how to juggle all of my interests and also seem to, um, I guess, be above average uh, at, at, at the things I'm interested in. Sure. Um, so maybe people would say that. People would probably say, you know, Gabe is Gabe is well rounded and 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 seems to have a lot of balance and seems to be very driven. Right. Maybe yeah. that's the, maybe that's what somebody would say is very, very driven uh, and I think ambitious. So. I would agree. Yeah. So what has been your experience with imposter syndrome? Yeah, so that's that's a big that's a big question. Um, my, my experience has been and continues to be that I, I absolutely suffer from it. You know, I absolutely um, am gripped with it. Uh, and, and in fact, for a long time, in, in a way that uh, was indiscernible, I, I didn't recognize it. In fact, I think a lot of people wouldn't recognize it until either it's too late or it's brought to their attention. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I, I certainly suffered from it. And uh, it's something I, I have to be mindful of every day. Do you, do you remember what your first encounter with imposter syndrome, or at least when you first realized that that's what was happening, that's what you had? You know, it probably goes back a lot further uh, than what I could recollect. In fact, if I really spent some time, I could probably call to at times when I was younger. Um, and I don't even know if you may, you, you may not know this about me, Betty, but uh, uh, I think at the age of, uh, I guess I was 15 years old when my father and my stepmother split up. And I actually didn't want to leave. Uh, they both went separate ways and they both went to different communities uh, further away. And 
I was starting high school. And of course, as, as, as a 15 year old, you think that's the most important thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided to stay put, got myself a job at a fast food restaurant, moved in with a friend and figured it out. I just figured it out. And um, uh, I'm sure I, I suffered from imposter syndrome at that point, you know, from that point going forward. But I would say the first time I was really mindful of it, really thinking about it, uh, is more recently. I'd say about a year and a half to maybe two years ago. Yeah. Um, in my current role, pretty well established in my current role, and yet always feeling like it really wasn't mine to have. That I was just kind of holding the spot for somebody else. That I just simply was the uh, uh, the least undesirable of the of the applicants, or you know, always kind of feeling like I, I had to prove myself every single day. Otherwise, everything was going to be taken away from me. Hmm. Tell us more about that. Like, as far as the feelings go, so you've used some really good descriptors. You know, were there were there thoughts that you had when you're having sort of this moment or this episode of imposter syndrome? Were there emotions? Um, do you have any physical reactions to that? Yes, all the above. Uh, let me, have you ever heard the saying that a thief believes everyone steals? Yes. Ever heard of this? Con- so the concept would be a thief, you know, whether it's cause or effect, but a thief believing everyone steals and whether that's a coping mechanism or uh, some sort of rationale. Imposter syndrome is almost the exact opposite, right? You're sitting there as an individual, and regardless of the room that you're in or the company that you keep or whatever accomplishments shows up on the scoreboard, you feel completely alone. You feel completely unworthy. You feel like everyone's going to figure it out. Uh, In fact, I used to say my greatest fear, if I had any, was being a fraud and being the last one to figure it out, right? That everyone knew but me. Mm -hmm. Now, the uh, the nightmare of having food on your face or in between your teeth and nobody's telling you, but everyone right. sees it, everybody's talking about it. It's a really debilitating feeling. Now, there's a couple of ways to approach it. How I approached it was by achieving, right? Achievement was my coping mechanism. And there's a fine line between achieving for the, for the purpose of uh, feeling good about what you've accomplished, putting in the work and, and feeling joy and, and being proud. And I think it's okay to feel proud of your achievement. You did the work, you got the achievement. The, the, the juxtaposition, and for somebody who suffers from imposter syndrome, is the achievement becomes the only measurement of self-worth. Uh-huh. There's no joy in that. The achievement is now the only thing of value that you bring to anybody around you. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is it's almost like chasing a high where you can never actually get there, right? You can never accomplish enough. You can never be valuable enough and you can never be worthy enough through achievement alone because then everything that even resembles failure feels catastrophic. It feels like the end. Yeah. Um, that's imposter syndrome. It's a feeling of isolation. It's a feeling of constant dread and a feeling of constant need to achieve. Otherwise, you are, in fact, worthless. Yeah. I can tell you've spent some time thinking about this and really sort of reflecting on what you've experienced and how you felt as you experienced it. Do you still struggle with imposter syndrome? Of course. I, I think I always will to some extent. I, I think it's always going to be there. 
I would say that I, I struggle with it far less um, and just simply being aware of it and talking about it. Um, in many cases, you know, seeking professional help, Sure. Uh, you know, not being not being too proud uh, to to look beyond it. I, I'd say I suffer from it now in a, a slightly different way. It no longer controls me, but it's kind of always there under the sure. surface. And uh, I think it's helpful to call myself out every now and then or even have my my family or those who care about me call me out sometimes. But yeah, uh, I, I think it'll always be there. When would you say was your most recent episode of imposter syndrome? Um. Gosh. You know, I, I think going through this this MBA program, hmm. right? I remember going to orientation and sitting in a room with all of these really impressive people and thinking, once again, I don't belong here. What am hmm. I doing here? Hmm. They only accepted me because I was able to pay the tuition, right? I, I, I shouldn't be in this room with these really impressive working professionals how on earth am I going to keep up? And what's interesting is it was about a year into the program and I was in a group session and I can recall some of the other students complaining about certain classes, talking about how they struggled with certain professors, certain exams, maybe their grades weren't as good as you know they would have liked. And the funny thing was, is it was my own voice, right? It was, I was listening to myself through their words Mm-hmm. And also realizing that not only did I belong, but once again, I was achieving at a greater clip than than maybe even some of my peers. And yet I didn't see myself that way. I saw myself as always behind trying to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier some coping mechanisms that you have put in place. So how, how do you cope? Like what techniques have you put into practice? What do you do that helps make it better? when you're feeling that way? Well, I, I, I do, I do talk to somebody regularly, right? So I, I do have uh, a therapist that, that I talk to. Which is great. Um, I think everyone should have a therapist. I think it should be assigned to you. Just my yeah, I, thought. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you got to figure it out on your own. You got to, you got to rub some dirt on it and just get over it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things in life that I can just rub dirt on and push through and get over. But uh, when it comes to your own, here's why your brain is so powerful and yet so very weak all at the same time. And when you're in a dark place, you can convince yourself of some of the most horrific things that if you were in the right state of mind, would never make sense. Yeah. And yet when you're in that moment, they make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and uh, so, so my coping mechanism, a lot of it has to do with sharing it with the people who actually mean the most to me. You know, when you ask me, who am I? I said, I'm a father and I'm a husband. I don't know that I would have given you that answer two years ago. Uh-huh. You might have opened you, and said, who are I, you? And I might have said, I knew you I'm two years ago. Yeah, I knew you two years ago. You wouldn't have not have given me that answer. I probably wouldn't have. No. Even though in my heart, that was always my driving force. In my mind, I thought in order to be a great father and a great husband, I had to be great at my job. And I had to make money and achieve and make my family proud. It took me a long time and it took me going to the worst of possible places to, t- to understand that was not my self-worth. 
Mm-hmm. That my self-worth was really something that actually couldn't be taken away from me by anybody but myself. And so being a father, being a husband, now I get shared with my family. Yeah. Now when I go to my son's baseball game, I don't um, lose my mind if my son doesn't perform well because somehow that's a reflection on me amongst the other parents, right? Now right. it's I just sit there and watch my son play baseball because I enjoy being there and watching him play baseball because – it's not about me. And okay. <clears throat> there again, it, it, it takes my family being vulnerable, being open and honest with each other, even though it sometimes hurts. I'd rather get the sting of that honest communication than the, because that's temporary, than the permanent sting of, of getting back to a place that you know, I was once before. Yeah. Yep. Good. Any, any other techniques or other ways? Yeah. To I've learned how to take time out for myself and without feeling guilty about it, mm-hmm. you know? So that was always a problem too. When, you know, when I didn't understand what imposter syndrome was and then I didn't understand that I was using achievement as my coping mechanism, there was never saying no to anything. It was always saying yes to everything and trying to be all things to all people and trying to please everybody. And there was never an opportunity to take a moment for myself, mm-hmm. even exercise, right? Even exercise needed to be an achievement. It was never a, 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 an escape or a meditative. It was always, nope, I've got to get stronger. I've got to be more fit. I've got to impress more people. So learning how to actually set time aside. In fact, I did it today. I, I put on my calendar, you know, on my calendar for the for everybody to see, office time, Available for drop-in, uh, available for drop-in phone calls if needed. But I carved out an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and during that hour and a half, I, I listened to a podcast for 15 minutes. I went for a walk for 10 minutes. I I had a healthy snack. I got some work done. I got some school work done. And for that hour and a half, I was so productive, and not a single person called me. Yeah. The world didn't stop spinning. My boss didn't judge me differently. <laughs> right. Yeah. And learning how to take better care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, um, that's an ongoing exercise. Oh, for sure. So I'd say that that's another uh, coping mechanism or really just best practice. I mean, I won't even call it a coping mechanism. I, I'd say it's a best practice. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What would you share with someone who is experiencing imposter syndrome right now? Yeah, I, I'd say you're not alone, all right? And you probably don't recognize it as imposter syndrome. And I, I think for most people who do suffer from it, there's a stigma around acknowledging what you have achieved, right? It comes off as arrogance. It comes off as hubris. It comes off as, hey, uh, you know, so what? You've accomplished something. Go do more. There's always more. And that can all still be true. But to to not give yourself any credit, to not give yourself a break every now and then, to not accept that um, you can't be 100% to all things, all people at all times, um, um, you got to give yourself a bit of a break. And you're not alone. You know, chances are when you start to share your story, you start to talk about it, you'll find that a lot of people, especially successful people, if you're, if you're a successful person or you're in a room with successful people, and you apply to that concept of, hey, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Most likely, 
<laughs> a lot of those people feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It would take a rare individual to not at some point question yourself Yeah. when you continue to excel and achieve more and, and accomplish more. I think it's totally human. Yeah. And yet we try to treat it like it's not. Sure. The most dangerous thing you can do is believe that you're all alone in this thought process, in my opinion. Yep. That is great advice. So I have just one more question for you, Gabe. And that is, why did you want to be part of this imposter syndrome project? What made you say, yes, pick me? Um, yeah, look at me, Betty. Look at me. I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white guy uh, with a corporate job and a, and, a, and a big fancy title. I've got a beautiful home and a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. Um, you know, I, I uh, boy, I've got it all right. And Most it almost ended. So. It almost yeah. ended me. Mm-hmm. Where I got to looking back now, and I look about, I look back at it often because. I made a comment earlier, your mind, you can convince yourself of some of the most awful things and knowing where I was, I'd say 18 months ago, I still can't believe it. I I still believe, like, I still think when I sometimes really think about the vivid details and things will pop up, I'll have memories and I'll stop and think, wow. I I mean, I I cannot believe I got to that point in my life. Mm -hmm where I was willing to make certain sacrifices and at one point the ultimate sacrifice because I had convinced myself I had zero worth to the people around me. I want to be part of this because it doesn't get talked about enough mm-hmm. because it's nameless. It's faceless. It, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the mental health issues, um, no, no bounds. They know no limits. Right. They have no biases. <laughs> they can grab everybody and take them down a wrong path. So I want to share my story because it's not done being written. And I believe if I put it out there and if I help just one person think a little differently and they share their story and so on and so forth. Um, I want to put that out there because it doesn't get talked about enough. There is a way out. And here's the funny thing. Since since really understanding what it means to have imposter syndrome or to deal with it or to have these thoughts, these thoughts, I've actually become more accomplished. I've actually gotten better at my job. I've actually gotten better at the things that I enjoy doing. I've actually learned how to truly become balanced versus put on the show. Sure. Um, that's the good news. Yeah. Because it that can imposter- change really fast. Yeah, that imposter syndrome was holding you back from contributing your greatest value? It was certainly holding back how I felt about my own future, mm-hmm. right? Um, just, just lifting the veil of dread from your eyes allows you to see things more clearly. And, um, you know, it, it, a person in my position too, I've got to be able to make bold decisions mm-hmm. and really be somewhat fearless and, and really kind of... Um, be a leader in, in thought and innovation and, and, and attract people that are like-minded. And if I was constipated in my mental process, <laughs> then I, that's what I was going to attract. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you don't want to do that. Uh, I'm so glad that you did say yes and uh, wanted to be part of this. Um, I'll tell you one instance that I personally had of imposter syndrome, not nearly the first, but um, was the first time I, it was actually the first time that I ever heard your voice or we ever spoke. And I was um, teaching some sort of leadership concept something class, probably essentialism or who knows what, seven habits, who knows. And you called in for the session. I knew like of you, but I don't think I had met you at the time. And I was asking questions to the crowd and, you know, they were not quite used to my format yet. I was still new. Uh, I was still, you know, breaking them in. And you answered the question that I had and you answered it better than I could have. And I remember thinking, oh, no, people are going to think that I don't know what I'm talking about because this guy just stomped all over me. Um, And then I was like, I remember getting off that call and I went to my team at the time and I was like, who is Gabe Garoni? Who is that? And they were like, well, he's kind of like the head of sales. And I was like, oh, well, he really had some great insights. And like, that is what I thought, but it was still somewhat um, jarring to be the teacher and not n- just have somebody come in with insights that I didn't even have in my notes. So I was like, Whoa. but then I realized how, what a value it was to have you on the calls. Uh, and every time I was like, okay, I hope Gabe joins because he, he can just come alongside and, and have lots of great stuff to say. So, uh, but I did have that moment, that imposter syndrome moment, like, well, maybe he should be teaching these classes because he obviously knows, how, knows more <laughs> than I do about it. Uh, but yeah. So I'm glad that you, you said yes, because it was, it, it's cathartic for me too, to have you on this project. So, so in, in that example, I look for those examples every day, which is <clears throat> if you have imposter syndrome, you also feel like you need to be the one with all the answers. You need right. to be the one who always mm-hmm. looks good or, or you only put yourself in position in situations where you're hundred percent confident. You kind of close yourself yeah. off to the possibilities exactly. to be taught and, and to learn more. And I'm more interested in the things I don't know about. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, um, you know, that's kind of what drives me. You know, here, I'll, I don't know. I'll leave you with this. I get this question a lot, too, especially right now as I'm finishing up my MBA. Well, what's next for you, Gabe? What's what's next in your career? What what do you want to do next? Mm-hmm. And and to a person, everybody who asks me that, I think they're looking for a specific title. They're looking for me to f- go somewhere else on the fl- you know the corporate flow chart. Well, this is I want to get to this position and this role sure. and this. My answer is almost always the same. I said, well, anything that allows me to keep learning and keep experimenting and keep trying something new. And in fact, the things that put me in situations that are scary are most exciting to me. Mm-hmm. There again. I, I might not have given that answer two years ago, even though I got to my current role with that attitude. And okay. that's the funny thing, too, is imposter syndrome can come and go. Imposter syndrome for a long time for me was actually I, I used it as a healthy thing. It was my driving force. I got to catch up. I've got to find these these uh, uh, these these. Uh, it's the fox that I've got to chase. Right. I need I need mm-hmm. to find that rabbit that I'm pacing and I'm going to catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. But then I got to a role that was pretty big and pretty high up with not too many places to go. And all of a sudden I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I stopped experimenting. I stopped being bold. I stopped being inquisitive. I started being safe and I started protecting myself 
and protecting my position. And, and, and ultimately, that would have been my undoing. The irony is that's what would have been my undoing had I not gotten out of that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, thank you so I much. I really that. say that again. <laughs> I said, I don't know if any of that makes sense. But, it does. Yeah. It, it does. I get it. We get it. And I, we so appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your story with us today. So thank you, Gabe. Thank you for having me. If you like this series or any of the If You Ask Betty content, please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash If You Ask Betty to learn how you can support this and future If You Ask Betty projects. And be sure to check out more episodes of the podcast series, I Have Questions About Imposter Syndrome. Peace out.